You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed, episode 47, Kevin Keithan and Juan Consul of Protocol Cigars. joining me today oh thank you for uh wanting us on it's always yeah. uh, an honor and a pleasure to be on with uh with the collective uh cigar social media people and you know you're, you're definitely one of them uh you're up there and it's always an honor to be on with you guys yeah so i mean i think a couple months ago i asked people who would they want to see on here and um protocol came up that's nice. So you all were, were in demand. <laughs> toast, uh, I want to toast the people out there, our supporters, all you guys. Antoine, you for being who you are and what you do for the industry. Thank you. Yeah, so it's funny because I was watching you on the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival stuff a couple weeks ago. Yes, that was actually a, the first one I did with Jonathan Drew was excellent. The last one, I, I was already kind of like... Uh, <laughs> Getting to me, so I was messed up. I was banged up. Yeah, I, I heard all the nice things that JD had to say about you and <laughs> protocol, and I was like, I got to jump on the bandwagon now. Very cool. Yeah. So what Deep Cuts is about is a nice informal hour-ish kind of conversation. I like to keep it to an hour because I like to keep some stuff to talk about with people later on. Right. Um, I'm not a big fan of the three-hour formats that some people <laughs> it's just way too much and i like yeah, to like i said save some stuff for for later so we can have a follow-up conversation and we won't be we actually did a three-hour show not too long ago and it went it went by like this because it depends what you got how comfortable you are with, with the with the uh or did you the moderator host the host and how comfortable you are with yourself and i've seen half an hour shows feel like pain with, when you watch some of them so i guess it's all depending yeah definitely <laughs> Well, what I want to do with Deep Cuts is introduce people to all the different brands that I know working on the media side, um, you know, with tobacco business and with cigars and leisure, um, but introduce them to some other brands that they may not know about yet. So I was talking to our mutual good friend, Crystal, a couple of weeks ago, and she had nothing but nice things also to say about protocol. So it came to me that (laughs) that we definitely to have you on just to kind of introduce your brand to people and talk about what makes it different. I know some of the little details about what makes it different, but I want to hear from, from straight from you all about the, the nuances and the different story background that you all have with protocol. You, you kind of like touched on one of the biggest differences in this company when you said that, you know, you were looking or watching the, uh, the Rocky mountain, uh, podcast that Cigar Dojo uh, was hosting and and invited us down and wanted us to be there. And you mentioned how, you know, the nice things that Jonathan Drew had to say. And the reason that he said those things, uh, besides just being a great guy, and it's the reason that makes us very unique, is that, you know, Kevin and I didn't just wake up one day and say, let's make a cigar company. You know, we started off like uh, many of the viewers out there right now, you know, as consumers, as fans, as cigar nerds, as I like to put it, you know, I've been smoking cigars for, I want to say as long as I can remember, but premium cigars probably since about 1998 is when I kind of started premium cigars. Before that, you know, I was young, 
and didn't really know I was smoking, so I'd have the all the machine made stuff. But it's just like anything else. Like when when you, when you have a hobby, and the hobby you become very passionate about it. Like Kevin's gonna tell you, you know, when he likes something, he wants to learn everything about that particular industry topic, brand, and you immerse yourself into that culture. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I fell in love with the cigar culture. I fell in love with the brotherhood of the leaf and all that, and just the camaraderie you have when you're smoking, and the product itself. I just love smoking cigars, having a nice drink, some good conversations. Like, you know, we can all have cigars by ourselves, you know, like in the porch or in your man cave or wherever. It's fantastic, but it just takes it to a new level when you're sitting there with people. So I started to just uh, really fall in love with the industry and the backstories and all the subculture of it. And I just started to immerse myself in it. And part of that immersion process was me going to any sort of cigar event I would see where Jonathan Drew might be there, Rocky Patel might be there, Pete Johnson might be there, uh, Carlito might be there, Eric Espinosa might be there. Whoever's there, you know, if I, if I could drive there within three hours, I would go. And through that further immersing into that lifestyle, I also started going on cigar safaris. And my first cigar safari was, believe it or not, with, uh, well, the cigar safari term is actually Drew Estate, but the first cigar trip I took was with General Cigar. They took me to DR in 2008, I believe it was, 2008. They threw us down because I was a, uh, a, a General Cigar's, uh, Cigar Ambassador in their ambassador program. They threw us down there, and it was phenomenal. And that's the first time I ever got to see you know, seed to finish product. And the more I went on these kind of trips, the more I became almost obsessed with cigars, subcultures, the people, the, 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 the brand owners. And through those things, I became friends with a lot of these, you know, all the brand owners. But back then, they were, you know, they were, to me, they were gods. Semi still are, you know, but I'm just saying now I'm like playing in their ball field a little bit. And I think that's what makes us inherently different is that our journey uh, is not a typical journey uh, of a lot of manufacturers out there that you guys see. And not, not to take away anything away from their journey because their journey is unique and beautiful and important, but our journey was first started through a, a, from a fan base, from a, from a consumer platform, being a fan, a, uh, a cigar nerd, as I would like to call it, and then just pursuing my passion and the passion wind up growing into the business, and that's where we're here today. And we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all you guys out there. So here's another toast to you guys. <laughs> and um, Juan just mentioned that, Kevin, you kind of like to really immerse yourself into any new thing or project that you're getting into, which is kind of right. speaking yeah. about mastery, which uh, I've been reading 50 Cent's book on entrepreneurship. And he has a whole chapter dedicated to how you should master or really immerse yourself into any whatever venture you're getting into. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how what your process is about getting, you know, what was your process for cigars? Like really learning about whatever you needed to learn to get protocol to where it is today. 
Yeah, it was interesting. You know, for me, I'm a I'm a internet security nerd, right? So there's always new technology, and if you're not learning about it, and really understand what's behind the scenes. So for me, learning was going to my local shops, uh, joining a cigar club, going to cigar events, meeting the manufacturers, asking questions. We did a lot with Famous Smoke. They had uh, Tim. Last name. Thomas? No. Tim. General for Elfidus? Tim. He always comes to all of our events. Big guy. Black oh, Tim. No, no, you're talking oh, about uh, Tim Pearson from Elfidus. Yes, yes, yes. From Elfidus. Yeah. So, you know, he did seminars talking about, you know, from seed to smoke, that whole process. I was fortunate to go on two Drew Estates cigar safaris. You learn the process there. You actually go to the farms. And then uh, once I got into protocol, I went to Nicaragua to uh, visit our factory and work on some of the projects and, and oversee that. So actually seeing, you know, what goes on at the Espinosa factory. So that was really, really cool. So for me, it's, it's, it's about, you know, it's a passion that I have being a, a computer nerd, geek, whatever you want to call it. But when I get into something, it's, it's not half. It's all in, right? Another example is our studio we're in. Unfortunately, we can't use it in the limits of uh, Instagram, but... We wanted to do a podcast, and I wanted these guys to look really professional on screen, and I figured I could figure this out. So thousands of hours of YouTube later, I figured out how to create a podcast studio, and still learning along the way. We're going to add some some features and functionality here in the future, but uh, it's always it's always fun for me to learn something and dive in. Wow. So, you know, you talked about all these different figures in the industry that you've worked with. And like I said, what stood out to me a couple of weeks ago was when Jonathan Drew, Drew was talking about, you know, how proud he was of protocol and where they've come from. So what was that like? Because I know Jonathan Drew is kind of like the godfather uh, in his own way. If he blesses your brand, then you're doing something right. Because if you're not doing something right, he, he usually for me, at least, he, he'll tell you um, when he thinks you're kind of off. But he seemed to kind of like give his blessing on what you were doing and the cigars that you've released so far. So what was that like just to kind of get his kind of sign off on, on what you all have put out there? So I've, I've said this before and I'll, and I'll always say it, you know, I have, I cannot say I have one mentor in this industry. I have several mentors because you watch them and you're a fan and you're a, a supporter and, and you're, you're going to their events and you're talking to them. You get to, uh, uh, you know, really learn these people. You get to really know them a little bit more, the struggles that they went through to get there. You know, Jonathan Drew, you know, you see him now, but in early 2000, he was sleeping on a mattress on the floor at, at Nick Perdomo's old factory. That's where his first factory was. He was this is the kind of things he was doing. You know, him and, uh, and, uh, and Marvin and these guys, and they worked their asses off, and they got to somewhere. And, you know, so I was a, a true fanatic. And I still am. I still love Drew Estate. Um, and I would go down there, and, and, and uh, Jonathan and I actually became friends where if he was coming into New York, he'd text me, hey, why don't you come over? We'll go to Chinatown, do this, do that. So we used to hang out a lot. And, you know, you just sit in there talking cigars and stuff. And then, you know, you say to yourself, okay, now I'm going to put my foot into this ring I'm going to stick, throw my, my gloves in the ring and see what happens. And why you're, that's what's so, so unique about this, about this industry. You know, you would think that Jonathan's like, oh, look at this guy, you know, you know, he, 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 stood, he was hanging around me. All he wanted to do was, was probably learn everything or, or steal my ideas. It was nothing like that. He was like, 
one, I see you're a passionate cigar smoker and you're doing this now. I wish you luck. And then for him to say that, um, is it, and, and I've heard that speech, and I'll take away from what he said because it was amazing, but I've heard that speech from so many other guys in the industry. But every time I hear it, it's like hearing it for the first time, and you're like, wow, this is somebody, this is like one of my idols telling me, wow, you guys are doing good. And it just, it's a great feeling. So it's a great honor. And, 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 and I did learn a lot from Jonathan, uh, a lot from Eddie Ortega, from uh, Eric Espinosa, from so many other guys, you know, just hanging out with those dudes. I've learned so much and I appreciate it. You know, Alan, Alan, Alan Rubin from Alec Bradley, you know, awesome people that really just, I believe that when you interact with people, you know, and you're in their circle, if they're good for it, it depends if they're good or bad, it doesn't really matter. But you take away something from them. You take away part of their energy. You take it away, you put it in, and you internalize it, good or bad. That's why I always try to hang out with positive people, good people, successful people, because that energy, that aura, and you're in their circle rubs off on you. And if it wasn't for all those guys, you know, welcoming me and, and letting me hang out with them, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. So tell, take us to the like more into the whole protocol environment. I know some people might hear the name protocol and they may not know the, the background of what influenced that name and some of the cigar names that you have come out with. So just kind of tell us like when you were sitting down thinking about what should I call my cigar brand? Cause that's a big, it seems like an easy task. Like everybody thinks, oh, I know what I would call it. But when you actually get to that point where you're ready to brand and uh, market your own cigar, I know it's, it can be a little bit daunting. So. Why did you choose Protocol for the name of your cigar brand and company? So uh, basically, um, once we came up with the idea in 2014 to have this to make a company, uh, we decided to go with Eric Espinosa. Uh, and Eric Espinosa was back then a good friend and still is and always be a mentor. I was a big fanboy of, of uh, Espinosa Cigars with his owner back then. I still am. So we wound up going with them. Once we got all the logistics done and the cigar was being worked on, believe it or not, Eric was the one that told us, you know, the hardest part is going to be finding a name uh, for your cigars. And I'm like, you're crazy. The hardest part's got to be the, the cigars. He goes, one, that's the easy part. The hard part's going to be finding your name. And one weekend, you know, my, my first partner, Bill Ives, is no longer with the company, but we sat in my house and we tried to figure out the name of this company, the cigar, everything. So we wound up first coming out with the company. The company's called Cuburri Kenya because, you know, he's Cuban. I'm Puerto Rican put together. We made the Cuburri Kenya Cigar Company. But now we got the company. What's going to be the brand of cigars? So every time we had an idea, we'd look it up on a trademark search or just Google it. It was taken. It was almost taken by some obscure shop or somebody had it from back in the day. And it was just that became such a daunting task. So we wanted to do we were trying to figure out how we were gonna make ourselves stand out and we weren't uh really at first uh set on uh, you know basically to find the company but the uh, story was that we were at my house trying to get names and we were drinking ronza capa xo and that weekend it was a friday saturday and a sunday i think we went through four bottles of ronza capa xo over that weekend at the end like sunday afternoon we we're all out of gas and and Bill goes, uh, give me the, 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 the
finish off the last last bit of the runs of Gapa. He goes, let's get another one. I run in the house, zero, nothing. Finish. I walk, I walk, I walk out. Uh, we were back in the patio. I said, Bill, you ran out of runs of Gapa. He goes, what do, you, what do you mean? This is it's, it's protocol for you to have uh, runs of Gapa in the house. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. And they were like, ooh, protocol. And we did a search on that, found that it wasn't taken. And then right there with the name protocol, we said, listen, and this is just this is just general stuff, but right now you walk into any humidor in any shop in the United States, you close your eyes and you put your hands out and you pick 10 cigars, there's a good chance you're gonna take out 10 fantastic cigars. So that tells you that the stuff on the market right now is probably the, uh, the highest caliber it's been in I always say this, but in the, the, the industry keeps out doing itself. Right now, probably have the best cigars on the market ever. So how do you stand out with all these fantastic cigars and all these fantastic names like AJ, uh, Fuente, Pete Johnson, Tatuaje, uh, uh, Rocky Patel, you know, even even uh, Eric. Eric's a different, a little different than us. But so we go. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do a, a law enforcement team, but not put it like really like put a badge on the cigar, but, you know, put, hide it in the details. So the company is, uh, all, it's all themed, you know, with the protocol, all cops follow protocol, probable cause, the backbone of, of policing. Uh, the next one was the Themis. That's the Greek goddess of justice, where they got the idea for lady of justice. Uh, official misconduct, we, we played a little game with that and said, you know, when cops get in trouble, they get in trouble with official misconduct. And the last one we did was the uh, last year release of Sir Robert Peel that he's considered to be the, uh, the father of modern day uh, policing. So we wanted to do a, uh, a police kind of uh, law enforcement theme uh, cigar line. And I believe that theme and our personality is kind of what stands us uh, apart from everybody else. Yeah, and Kevin, tell us about this new cigar that you all have coming out, because I understand that uh, it kind of relates sort of to what you do. Yeah, so uh, cybersecurity for, my gosh, the last 20 years of my life. And uh, we had an opportunity to uh, sit back as the the transformation. And I came along and I said, hey, I'd really like to do something that gives homage to my day job, but tie it back into law enforcement. So came up with the Cyber Crimes Unit, and it's going to be a new uh, extension to our core line. So like Juan will tell you, it's all unified, the P's on the box. Um, and this one's going to be the green pea, everything colored. We're going to come out with that. It's going to be a box pressed uh, Churchill. It's the first time we're doing another cigar in that size. And the original one was the probable cause. And uh, I'm super excited. When you see the packaging on this, we are we're going to uh, knock it out of the park. And the blend on that is uh, Nicaraguan Rosado, Nicaraguan Binder Filler. It's a fantastic blend. Juan and I were going through samples. And uh, we sat here in the office, actually, in these seats. And, you know, he was like, oh, you're going to pick the other one. Well, let's try the second one. So we tried it. And I looked at him and I go, Juan, this is the cigar. So we both agreed, which, which is surprising because Juan, you know, typically goes fuller than me. And I go a little bit milder than him when we're smoking on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think that cigar is a perfect in, the, in between. It's, it's in between. It's like a medium plus. Yeah. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit everyone just right. And there's a lot of people in the comments mentioning some other cigars of yours, Jane Doe 2.0, Elliot Ness. So I guess a good question is what, what blend have you all enjoyed the most kind of developing? Um, developing or, or enjoying? <laughs> well, both of those questions. I know that it could be two different cigars, but 
you know, which one have you enjoyed developing the most and then which one have you, as, I guess as time has gone on, found that you enjoy the most? I don't want to tell the story, but I just love how when we came out with Sir Robert Peel, it was only going to be in a natural. And Juan went down to the factory and put uh, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, same binder filler ratios, nothing changed. And he brought that back. And it was, you know, it was a business decision, but we came out with that in natural and Maduro. That, that blending process was really cool. If I go to what's, you know, the one that I'm going to probably enjoy the most is going to be, you know, the Cyber Crimes unit that has a special place in my heart. So with Kevin saying that, so what happens is when you have a baby, right? So cyber crime is, is his baby. You know, it's 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 an honor of, of, of his of his industry. So that's going to be he, he's always going to have it's always going to have a special place in his heart. But it's a great cigar regardless. But that's why he's going to same thing with me with the uh, take for example the uh, the uh, 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 Sir Robert Peel. You know, this whole entire packaging. So uh, he touched on it before. So when you look at the protocol lineup. Each individual protocol, even with our new one coming out, they're each unique. Different color scheme, uh, different uh, uh, ribbons, uh, different artwork for each particular project. However, with that being said, when you put them all together and you look at the body of this line from beginning to end, it's, it's history. You could see how it all has a uniformity to it. It's all under product uh, uh, placement, product line, product the building, but it's all been the marketing has all been the same. So they all look. It's untreated wood. The P is right in the middle of the box. The P is on the cigar. It's got a secondary band. So while every color is different. They all kind of look the same, but you can tell they're part of this series or part of this product line. With the uh, Sir Robert Peel, we wanted to do something totally different because it was our fifth offering to the market. And we just wanted to shock people because people got used to seeing that, you know, that original uh, product development of the original protocol line. And we went with something very different. You know, we went more with a uh, old school Cubanesque traditional looking elegant regal feel, uh, finished boxes uh, with, with like molding. You know, I'm talking about the old blue, the old protocols, just square boxes. This one have the, the, the molding, you know, the, the, I don't know what you call it, but the molding around the boxes, real fancy, yeah. gold hinges, velvet in, inside the, the vista, the inside of the box, really nice. When you look at the uh, the band itself, you know, as compared, I, 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 I see, you kind of see, you see how the, you see how that has that kind of like the P look in it? Mm -hmm. Then we went with the, uh, with this one, totally different, you know, just more of a regal look. You got, you know, gold foil around it, medallions. And this actually took me about two years to slowly, because it was something we were going to do. And I, so the, from concept to finish, it took me about two years to create the packaging. And I think the end product is really, really nice. It just looks elegant and beautiful. A lot of people talk about it. But the bottom line, the cigar is really, really good. So the story he's, he's talking about and uh, the process of making this, this is my baby. So the Sorara Pierce, I, I, you know, I, I sat there and I thought about when you look at the Vista, we put so much thought in the Vista and you talk to the, uh, our graphic design guy, Anthony Jimenez, you know, he's a very talented young guy out there. Uh, you know, I have all these ideas in my head, what I'm thinking it's supposed to look like. And I sit there and I tell him and I grab pictures from, 
from Google, just all these kind of pictures. And then I said, this is what I kind of want. And I showed all these things from all, and he has the talent to bring it all together and, and, and actually say, boom, is this what you want? And nine times out of 10, when you just a little bit of tweaking, you're like, yeah, this is exactly what I was envisioning. So shout out to Anthony out there. But yeah, so I, I did that. And uh, so it was early 2018. I'm in Nicaragua walking around. I'm actually smoking a uh, Survivor Peel Natural, smoking and I'm walking around. I'm like, since I'm here, why don't I get ahead of the curve and think about next year's release? And I'm walking around, and, well, you know, and this is my thoughts. I, I didn't call these guys up and ask anything. I'm just, just throwing ideas around in my head, you know, considering I'm there at the factory. And I said, let me, uh, let me try this. Uh, let me maybe think about a, a Sarapil Maduro for next year's release. So I told Eric, you know, it just came in my head. I think I had a Pennsylvania Broadleaf, and I'm figuring companies from Pennsylvania. Why not give it a shot, you know? So I told Eric, can you get some Pennsylvania Broadleaf? He goes, yeah. He goes, do me a favor. Just just, just for shits and giggles, take the wrapper off the Survival Peel Natural, put the Pennsylvania Broadleaf on it, don't change the blend, don't tweak it, because Eric was like, you know, usually when you do that, you got to tweak the blends. Like, no, no, just, I just want to try to see how it is. And when he did that, and I smoked it, it was just a different cigar, and it was just amazing. I fell in love with it. I remember my hands, my, my, my hair and my arms standing up, and I said, do me a favor, make me 10 of these. I'm going to take it back to uh, my partner's. And I did, and they loved it. And then we were like, collectively, we were like, how about we just, you know, really blow this project and do a totally different thing and come out with a natural and a Maduro. And we really think, we didn't think it was going to be successful, but Kevin, tell how, how it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, that, that's one cigar It's very difficult to keep in stock for us. Everybody wants the uh, Sir Robert Field. Now, it's a higher end line, and we really take pricing into account, right? So we're, you know, more of the blue collar type uh, customer. But as Juan says, I'm going to steal his little line here, but, you know, every now and then, even the blue collar guy wants to put their pinky up, wants to get dressed up, have a nice steak dinner out with the wife and the kids, you know, whatever you're doing, just sit back with a nice whiskey, right? Put up that nice bottle. So we still priced it MSRP at 11.95, and that's where the Elliott Ness, the follow-up to Sir Robert Peel, um, that Lawman series is coming out. Um, we're pricing them the same. So, you know, after discount at a, a typical shop, you know, you're in that about, you know, 10 hour price range. You're not not really extending for a premium hand-rolled cigar. So, you know, we're trying to take care of our, our supporters, as Juan says, not our customers, our supporters out there. We love you guys and girls. But, uh, you know, it's that, that project for us just, I think, put us put us to, a, to another level, something a little bit higher end. And uh, we're going to continue down that path, along with still focusing on the core line. And you recently did a collaboration of sorts with the my peeps over at Lost and Found. Yeah. Uh, Robert Caldwell and Tony and Jacqueline, I think it is. Mm -hmm. um, tell me how that collaboration came about and what's special about it. Because I think it's fun because it ties into the whole protocol theme, you know, but in a completely different way with uh, Lost and Found's usual kind of charity uh, I guess you could say function of the, the release. Right. So just kind of talk about that release a little bit for those who don't know about it. Oh, you want me to take it? This is so, I know. So, so, yeah, they reached out to us, um, Caldwell, and we actually sat in here, had a, had a uh, <clears throat> video meeting with them, and they wanted to, uh, you know, come out with the one which supports in this, in this particular series, uh, supports a charity, and it was for the Tunnels for Towers, uh, right at 9-11 that just occurred. One NYPD was at 9-11 uh, and fired later from the Port Authority. 
So they knew that story and they wanted to, you know, just bring some awareness to it, get protocol involved. So we were more than happy to work with them. Uh, it was a cool project. I ended up buying five bundles for myself that I'm going to keep. So donated back to the project and the charity. But that was, that was a cool project. That was the first ever uh, protocol um, collab that we've done outside of the Espinosa factory. So it was a big honor that they, they reached out to us for that project and, and that charity. So everybody out there, you know a shop, check online. I think a couple of places. Most of them are pretty much sold out. I saw Corona Cigars, the one in Florida. They had a few bundles left. The last I looked, but like, like smoking had them sold out. Uh, best cigar prices had them sold. I'm sure there's other places, but uh, I think all the Caldwell accounts pretty much, you know, as much of them they can get, they got them. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Thank you, Caldwell, for that. Yeah, I'm a toaster. Uh, Caldwell lost and found Tony Bellato. Now, with, you know, with everything that's been going on this year in the news with, you know, police and all this discussion about what's right, what's wrong and stuff like that. I mean, for somebody who is actually in the police and part of the NYPD, I mean, just I don't want to get political because that's that always goes off the rails. But, you know, just tell us a little bit about your experiences and what you kind of when you look at everything that's going on now. You know, how does that, you know, how does all this situation make you feel with, uh, you know, you have, I guess, some officers who maybe need some better training, I guess we should say. <laughs> and then you have probably a very extreme group who's calling for defund. Um, some of those defunders mean, mean reallocate and other defunders mean just defund and they don't really have an explanation of where that money will go or why they want to defund. So just kind of tell us, as somebody who is part of the police, um, you know, how do you feel about all this? Okay, so I'm going to tell you, uh, it's not so much the company's view, even though the company is law enforcement based. I'm going to tell you, uh, this is very personal to me. It's just my uh, experience. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm just going to give you the facts of my experience with law enforcement. So. When we, had, when we were doing this company and we thought about making it law enforcement themed, we knew and took into consideration that through things that happen in society at any given time, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. It's going to be ups and downs, just like you always have. It. Like, for example, 9-11, the beginning of COVID, first responders were heroes, and then the, the thing that happened, uh, you know, now we're all bad guys. This is what I did. My police career, my police career, I did my 20 years. My thing was I was trying to get bad guys off the street. I wasn't trying to get, uh, give a civilian uh, that's on his way to work and he might not, maybe he's got to take a dump and he's driving a little faster than he has to. You know, that wasn't my concern. I didn't care. You know, of course you do your job and you stop it. You know, you see a guy like, I'm sorry, officer, I'm having a bad day. The guy's a plumber. He's a business guy. You tell him, I just said, be careful. Da, 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 da. My mentality was, I want to catch the people that rob people that are doing burglaries. You know, I want to catch bad guys. I don't want to give civilians, you know, tickets. It just wasn't my thing. I wasn't very successful with that mentality, but that's how I was able to look in the mirror with that. With that being said, I work every day because I know that people have a sti some sort of uh, a stigma, a stigma with police. So my thing was every day I worked, if I could 
had one person say during that day, wow, you know something? I just had this, this interaction with this cop, and it was actually positive. Maybe cops are not that bad. That was just my small everyday trying to change the way it was going on. But I always treated people with respect. I don't care if the guy was a homeless bum on the street laying down in a, in a puddle of piss or a Wall Street executive. I always talk to people with respect, sir, ma'am, this, that. Can, you know, I, I never disrespected people because I believe we should always, you know, dignity and respect no matter what level they are in, in life. And that's how I live my life. I put out positive energy in my personal life, in the cigar life, and that's what we do. It, you know, it hurts me to see sometimes that the, the sentiment is very anti-police now. And I believe that with more discussions like this, without putting uh, or just listening to each other, both sides, we should be able to clear, you know, to, to, to at least get to a middle ground where, yes, there are, listen, you know, there are bad plumbers, there are bad doctors, there are bad uh, cigar guys. Internet security people. There are bad everybody. <laughs> it just when a plumber fucks up and he floods out somebody's house, it doesn't make the news. When a cop fucks up and, and you know and, and something happens and somebody's you know usually costs a life, it makes front page. So it's a lot of understanding each other and not to get political, you said, but if we just listen to each other both sides, I think we could you know harmonize and that's what I try to do. I don't condone or say I don't even care who you voted for. I have my opinions on things and I when I do write something, it's a very generic generic opinion. Like I did this one about my thing was, uh, and, and it was pretty funny. I said, to, I said the last, my last semi-political post was yesterday. I was like, uh, you know, celebrities, like, you know, athletes, musicians, actors, you know, they're out of touch with the common average American. Why should they be telling me who to vote for? They are out of touch with my daily uh, uh, trials and tribulations, Kevin's daily trials and tribulations, and your daily trials. So just do what your job is, entertain me, you know, bring light to humanitarian issues, you know, if you want to start a fund, awesome. But don't tell me who to vote for because you can't relate to the average American, you know. That's just, that was just my opinion. And not to say if you're left, right, in the middle, but I don't care who, who they're, like today, Christy Alley from Old Cheer, she, she endorsed Trump. I'm like... Who cares who you want to win president? <laughs> just do your slim fast commercials and let me watch your reruns of Cheers and just be quiet. That's just my opinion. Watch the news and make your own opinion, people. Exactly. And, you know, and, and, and here's the big thing. It doesn't matter what your what side you're on. If, you, if you're pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Biden, anti-Biden, why can't you have your political views and us still be friends? It's just people are just becoming so... Overly very divided. Divided, yeah. Yeah, you know, I like I like the Dolly Parton approach to politics. She always said that people don't listen to her music for politics. <laughs> so she says she tries as, as much as possible to stay out of that ream and not endorse anybody, not talk about it hardly at all. Every now and that, then she'll come out was, and say that something. Was, that, that was the gist of what I wanted to say. Right. Um, I wasn't being disrespectful to celebrities. I'm not saying they shouldn't be listening. You know, they have a platform. They, but when it comes to politics, and especially in, in, in me now, 
you, you correct me if I'm wrong. They're, they are not, they don't know the, 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 the trials and tribulation of the average American. You know, some people live check to check. These people are, have five cars and three of them start with no keys. Like, you know, come on. What do they know about what, what, what we're going through? So I well, used to Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's like, uh, like Jane Fonda, for example, has been on TV saying she's been reading books about the black experience so she can understand it. And I was like, don't you have black friends that can tell you, the, you know, that if you're not black, at least you can like ask them like what's going on. You have to read a, a book about it. Um, <laughs> Jane Fonda was born into this rich lifestyle because her father, Peter, was it Peter Fonda? Or, uh, her father, I don't know. Whatever, but she was born into this. So what does she know about any, she's never had a problem in her life. So who is she to talk about what the average American is going through and what, who they should vote for, you know? But I think it's like what you said. I think I wish we could have more conversations like this without it escalating automatically, like one word, like you say, you know, I'm not political, and then it just escalates off the scales. People get angry, and they're ready to fight, and they're like, you are yeah, political. I, I, I saw that I, I, post I, I, that you made. Talking about my fellows were ruffled, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, I just said that. I'm not even talking about left, right, in the middle. I'm just saying celebrities, people like these guys, sh shouldn't have any say in who you vote for. Or, or, and if they do, they can't expect us to listen to them. That's what I, that's, That was my point. Yeah. Okay. If you're voting based on your favorite band or actor, you are not voting correctly. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So getting off that track, but I'm, I'm very happy with what you said. I think it's, you made some valid good points. And I see that people were commenting about it, so they all seem to agree with what you have to say. Um, so kind of moving away from that, though, you know, you've done a lot with protocol in the last couple of years. Where do you see it going going forward? I know 2020 was a tricky year because you had um, going into it, I mean, January, I mean, we had all these FDA regulations getting ready to kick in at some point in the year. Everybody was in the tizzy over that. You had... Uh, arguments over family-owned businesses and manufacturer-owned businesses, uh, this trade group against this trade group, and then Corona hit, and everybody came together for like, a brief time, and now we're kind of all like over the place again. So, you know, what's your plans for pro for protocol in your company like going forward? So uh, I'll take the first part of this, but you know, when coronavirus hit, uh, we were going through the company transition, so it just was Juan and I. And, uh, you know, we, we sat here and we decided not to, you know, put the foot on the brakes. We actually stepped on the gas pedal and we hit the floor, right? So we started a whereby room with Cigar Dojo, sponsored that, uh, found that's been very helpful to the company. We we're joining as many Zoom meetings and uh, interviews like this that we're doing right now, just to keep our names out there since we weren't able to have one travel since he's retired now. That would have been an original plan for, for 2020. And then, you know, we started coming out with cigars, you know, it's like, hey, let's, let's do this. If we can get cigars out of Nicaragua, and if you look at this year, we came out with the John Doe 2.0, Jingo 2.0. Fat Ash 3. Fat Ash 3, that was in January, right before, yeah, before. yeah Fat Ash 3.0, that was a big event. Um, then we came out with the Five Families, that just released a few weeks ago. Um, and then, you know, we, we came out with Full Party, we actually hosted a full party, which no one got COVID. Against all odds, I know there was bets against us, but no one got told it out of that party. 115 people there, which was awesome, plus staff. And then uh, we we were working on the cyber crimes unit that's targeted for December timeframe, and then the Elliot Ness 
uh, natural and Maduro that's coming out in the December timeframe. So, you know, we're, we're not sitting back. Uh, we're going full force and, you know, thank God that you know, we had a, a correct ruling with the FDA for now. Uh, we'll still have to fight that battle, but uh, we're looking forward to the future here. As I look past 2020, I'm hoping we can open back up, get one on the road. We hired some reps too this year that uh, have already gotten traction. Chris Haskell in Ohio is getting traction with shots there that we've never had. Uh, our Pittsburgh rep, uh, Doug uh, Sifford, he's been killing it now in, in Pittsburgh getting traction. And then we hired uh, Crystal Cigar Connect. She used to be with AJ Fernandez and with uh, Rocky Patel for 15 years. And she's been getting a lot of traction too. So about the. Uh... The rep in his area, North Carolina. Oh, yes. And very, very recently, her package is going out in the mail. Uh, Heather Waite is joined protocol, and okay. she's already making an impact just based on the support, the design she's doing. She's been jumping into the whereby, interacting with all of our supporters. So, yeah, she's uh, a, a great addition to uh, the protocol family. To touch on the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic that happened and, and really, you know, disrupted everybody's lives from individuals to big uh, corporations. Um, this company has always been uh, a very active social media company. Uh, engagement with our supporters has always been one of the most important things in our uh, lineup, I guess you could call it, where... You know, I spend hours on my phone, on my tablet, interacting with anybody that comments on a post, that posts one of our cigars. Um, I try to stay on all the, uh, you know, all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Cigar Dojo, uh, Dojoverse. And that in itself is a full-time job, sitting there, because I remember being a, uh, a straight consumer and no, no, you know, not being a brand owner. And if, let's say I post a picture of a, of a tatuaje cigar, and let's say Pete Johnson liked it, I was like, holy shit, Pete Johnson saw this, and you made, it made you feel good, right? So I take it one step further. Like, I try, I spend hours on my phone. Anytime I, I, you know, I follow certain hashtags, like protocol cigars, uh, hashtag protocol cigars, hashtag power of the P, we use the P emoji. And then when I see people posting, I'll, I'll like it and I'll say, thank you. I appreciate this, you know, you're posting. And it's just, even if it's a smile or an emoji saying thank you, with the, with the hand, something, out of the, I took time out of my day to do that because they're important to me. Every supporter, every person that spends their hard-earned money, because I understand as a consumer, there's so much for you to choose from. To spend your hard-earned money, but you go off the guys that support us and they, and, and they buy protocol. To me, it's important to show appreciation to them and just even a thank you to them. That's what I try to do. So with that said, uh, COVID hits. And we, uh, I think COVID-19 showed the industry one thing, that uh, uh, these social media, like the Zoom meetings, all this stuff, you know, they're very important. You know, I'm not saying it's going to, it's going to be the new way how we do business, but it's going to change the way this industry does does business. Because if you don't, if people walk away from it, and I'd say that the Zoom meetings and all these whereby's and all these virtual events, they're not a, a, a key. They're, they're not a, a, a marketing tool. Then you've not learned anything about the curveball life through you. So for us, where at one point maybe we didn't do enough of these, now we're going to do them more. It's not going to be the only thing we do, but it's going to be an addition because we cover more. We've done virtual events with shops 
that say, my God, this is the biggest event we've done, even when they have big guys that walk into the shops. Because you get, you cover more people, you, get, you know, you get coverage that way. So I think for us, the way it's going to change, the way we do business is that the virtual rooms are going to be a thing that's always going to be there, the virtual events. And, uh, you know, if I thought I was crazy by engaging our the public, engaging the people out there, this year has shown me that, no, every, every hour you spend, every minute I spend on social media, uh, you know, my kids might look at me, my, my wife, I'm like a little girl on, on social media, but I'm doing it. I'm not posting that I'm, I'm having a, a grilled cheese and, and, and a chocolate milk. I'm posting thank you to people that are out there to engage and to show my appreciation on a personal level. So I think that social media, uh, again, this year has shown how important it is and how uh, we're going to continue to embrace uh, different media platforms, be it the Dojo Verse with Cigar Dojo, being the uh, Dojo Protocol Whereby Room, uh, doing these things with you guys, and that's why I respect the uh, cigar uh, media a lot. You know, you guys are out there, and you're giving people, uh, you're providing a platform for people to sit there and, 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 and interact with, with manufacturers, with, 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 with growers, with, with everything within the industry. And then when you are passionate, and, and we said it before, talking about passion, when you're passionate about something you love or a hobby, you want to learn, you want to you get to know the people that you're following, and this is a great uh, way of doing it, and we're going to continue doing it. Definitely. You know, as we come down to the last couple minutes of our time together, I always like to ask people in your positions, both of your positions, the question of what have you learned about yourself since you've started your business so since you've started protocol and um gotten involved in it what have you learned about yourself I, i'm gonna let you talk first then, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> all right wow that's a pretty uh pretty interesting question um one yeah it's kind of strange um it's a tough one to answer but if anything it's it's really like how do you overcome obstacles in your life, right? I'm taught that, you know, from my school days. And then when you get into your career, internet security, you're going to run into challenges. Tech breaks, you have issues, right? There are different issues when you're now being an entrepreneur and running a company. And you got to pay bills. you got to keep the lights on. you got to time inventory. So it's just managing, you know, the stress and the issues that present themselves in the right way. So I don't want to sit around me personally and keep talking about the problem. We got to understand what the issue is and the problem, right? Whether it be, you know, how are we coming out to market with a cigar? Are we going to do marketing? Are we going to invest here? Are we going to move the money and invest in this other project? But it's really understanding what, what's the best path forward. We understand what the issue is now. Let's stop there. Okay. We got a good understanding. Now, how do we move forward in the best path, right? To make success. And I think if you do that, you find yourself being very successful. So, that's probably what I learned the most about myself is just the issue management problems that occurred. Um, you know, just, uh, I, I think we've done pretty well with that. For me is going to be, uh, what I've learned in, from the industry is also something that should translate into, uh, life for people. Uh, everybody's different and I get that I respect everybody's individual thoughts, ideas, opinions, but I think, the best thing that I walked away from this is learning that you have to be yourself. 
in the beginning, uh, Bill and I had the Guayabera shirts on, the Panama hats, and we were trying to be something that we weren't. And when I look back at it now, and I see old pictures, I'm like, God, look at this. You guys look like clowns back then. There's only two people in this industry that look freaking phenomenal in a Guayabera and a Panama hat, and that's Calito Fuente and AJ Fernandez. Everybody else looks like a clown. I'm just I'm throwing that out there. Everybody else looks like a fucking clown. I remember wearing a Guayabera to work one day. I was going to an event, and the guys, they don't, they don't know about Gua Guayabera. is basically a, a Latino tuxedo. You wear that because you're dressing up, but... You know, you wear it, and the guy was like, where are you going, bowling? What's up with all the pockets? You know, put pens in there? Like, guys at work kind of, like, breaking my balls. But it kind of shows that you have to be who you are. So uh, I believe, especially now, I am myself all the time. And it's easier to be yourself because when you're not yourself, you're holding up a mask. Eventually, the weight of that mask is going to be so heavy that you're going to drop it, and people are going to see, see you for who you really are. And then it's going to be a shocker. So you're better off just being yourself from the beginning. And, and that's something we've done in this industry, you know, as far as this company. Kevin and I are myself. I, I'm myself. And certain times I think it was, maybe I should be more, you know, more corporate. Maybe I should put a three-piece suit on and be more, oh, you know, what, 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 what scotch goes well with this? Let's sip it. And I say to myself, there's one successful Michael, Michael Hurtlock's already in this industry. Do you need... A fat Puerto Rican, you know, cut out of Michael Hurt. No, I'm not going to be Michael Hurtless. There's one Michael Hurtless, and he's doing a fantastic job of it. God bless him. I'm going to be Juan Cancel. Kevin's going to be Kevin. And you love us or hate us, you know, and you're better off just being yourself. And I think that goes in life, too. People are just better off for, the, for themselves being who they are. That's my answer. And that's an awesome answer. And I think that leads into our last little bit, which is for people who want to continue to follow protocol and follow you all to know, to get to know the real you, um, what are all the social media things that they need to follow? What are the websites they need to go to? How can they stay connected to you all? So one thing we didn't mention in 2020, we actually launched the website. So you can check us out there, protocolcigars.com. If you want to try to figure out how to spell it, cubaracano.com goes there too. <laughs> but protocols easy. Yeah, pro protocolcigars.com is the official website. We have all of our swag, all of our contact information right there. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram, protocol underscore Kevin. And if you want to follow me on Facebook, just Kevin Kuyten. And for me, uh, Facebook is protocol cigars one cancel. Boom. On Instagram is protocol underscore one. Like, you guys can see it on there, what it is. But if you Google protocol, you'll find out where to follow us. There's the website, there's Instagram, there's protocol cigars on Instagram. We have pages, so uh, even Twitter accounts. So if you look for protocol, usually nobody else has it. We have it all. You look for protocol, you'll find all that. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, our website. You know, I think social media is very important, and I'm always throwing new content out there to keep things interesting as much as I can. I do, I wish Facebook would allow you to have more than 5,000 followers, but they don't. Um, that's why I kind of like Instagram. You could have whatever. You have a million followers if you want. What does it matter? But, you know, if you can't, that's why I, I, it's important that I, I, I actually post on Instagram, Facebook, and it's just a way to engage us and follow us and follow the website. We, you know, we're going to add more to the website. we got to have all the shops that have us. And you guys that want to try us out there, just in case you never tried it, you know, just Google protocol cigars. You know, we're in 
some of the major online guys, you know, famous CI, uh, JR Cigars, Smoking, Atlantic Cigars, uh, Cigar.com, Best Cigar Prices, all these guys, Bureau House Cigars, all these guys have us. And then you have uh, little small brick and mortars that say you don't want to do the big online guys. You want to do brick and mortars. There are brick and mortar shops out there that have online presences, like uh, Caravan Cigar Company, uh, uh, Royal Leaf, Royal Leaf, Puro right uh, House Cigars, like so, so many. Once you start Googling protocol, all that stuff will come up. So, you know, try a five pack. You know, Brian had a, uh, and also Puro House had a five pack, but I think it was like $54, a, a six pack actually. Really good price, came out to be like maybe seven, eight dollars a stick, and uh, you get to try the whole lineup. So, uh, guys, try it, see if you like it, and if you do, you know, post, use the hashtags Protocol Cigars, uh, Power of the P, and I will definitely try to do my best to uh, reach out and say thank you. And Kevin and I are very approachable. Like, you go to the Protocol uh, Cigar.com, and when you do the when you leave messages, that goes directly to our emails. So, it's it's just him and I answering questions when people have questions. You're getting a response either from one or myself. Correct. Yeah, whenever you reach out to us, just the two of us here. So we're very accessible to our supporters out there. Yes. And appreciate it. And if you want us to be in your shop, come and contact us. You know, they go to the website and reach out there. They can email us at sales at protocolcigars.com. Uh, always, always open, uh, open up new shops uh, around the country. Well, awesome. I want to thank you both for coming on today. And uh, we need to do a follow-up for tobacco business because I know in my three or four years there, we've never done a story on protocol. So <laughs> we need to do a story on protocol. I want to have to post to my, boy, my, my man crush, uh, Matt Booth, for being on the cover of the last uh, one. We'll have a toast to Matt Booth. I love that guy. He's an amazing human being. One of my favorite people out there. And, uh, yes, he, he made the cover of uh, the last issue of tobacco business. Def Very yep. Good. So – Thank you so much for coming on. I know I've learned a lot about you both that I didn't know before, and I look forward to kind of following up, like I said, for some more editorial and stories and interviews like this across the different media platforms that I work with. So it was awesome speaking to you both today. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for yes. our support. Thank you, Antoine. Thank you for the supporters out there. We got some amazing supporters. Al Berner, his son. Like, this, this is the kind of stuff you do. Like, his son actually makes these... I'm a big Star Wars uh, fan. His son makes these uh, 3D printing cigar stands, and he sent his baby Yoda from The Mandalorian, where you hold the cigar there. This is just this is the kind of stuff that this is what our engagement with our people that support us do. He's a stormtrooper cigar holder. Kevin loves football, boom. And I just say thank you to guys like like him out there, you know, uh, Terrence Bumgarner and all these guys. And so I could sit here and just have a list. And if it wasn't for these these people that support us, we wouldn't be here. And, and neither of you. Thank you for, you guys. for having us on here. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, like I said, I look forward to a, a next encounter whenever that is out in the, out in the wild <laughs> um, COVID world out there that we live in. And uh, I'll speak to you guys later. Thank Thanks. you. Sounds good. See ya. Thank you.